Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. In a world that's perfect lies a perfect little town where one team stands alone. But now, something's stirring that will change this place forever. Perfect. Welcome to Perfectville, your first place podcast for your first place Miami Dolphins, part of the Believe Network, presented by BetOnline.ag. I am Sam Marcu, and he is the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer. Of course, I'm talking about the good doctor himself, Dr. Christopher Colon. Doctor, how in the hell are you, my friend? Uh, weird. I made a post on Facebook that I said, uh, you know, nine wins. I, f- I feel like I'm spoiled, but uh, really, really tough pill to swallow Monday night, national TV, home game. Uh, real lowly Titans team and up 14 with three minutes to go, Sam, um, and walked away with an L. Uh, definitely, it's Thursday now, so you'd think I'm like kind of over it, but that one is one we might look back on and it be a season changer. Yeah, it, it absolutely is that game when we do our year in review. No matter what happens from here on out, this one's going to sting. It got you right underneath the rib cage there, Chris, uh, at home where you were previously undefeated against a team that had a starting rookie quarterback four and eight on the season, hadn't won on the road themselves and was missing their best defender in Jeffrey Simmons. Uh, and you had the lead and the ball <laughs> with less than three minutes left. You had 14 point lead with three minutes on the clock. Uh, the probability of losing that game was less than half of a percentage point, Chris. But somehow, some way, uh, Miami figured out a way to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. Uh, in general, this is going to be one of the uh, hardest losses to ever see for the Miami Dolphins. It might not impact them long term with what they're looking to accomplish this year. But uh, by itself, in a vacuum, I got texts pretty much the rest of the night when that game was over that was basically wow or unbelievable or incredible or how did that happen and uh i'm here to tell everyone three days later i have no idea how that happened (laughs) i just don't i mean that whole game they were just off chris i mean tua didn't look like himself tyreek gets hurt jalen waddle gets hurt early xavier howard gets hurt from friendly fire once again from brandon jones obviously connor williams tears his acl and he's out for the season you have other linemen that are limping off the field it seemed like the walking wounded and that was really just the first quarter chris nothing worked we gave up uh we, we gave we turned the ball over <clears throat> with a bad snap from Liam Eichenberg to Tua Tungabailoa in the red zone. You and I talked about this on our show earlier. We have to clean that up because ultimately one day, those types of turnovers, that sloppy play was going to cost the Miami Dolphins against the team that has talent. And here we are. It cost them against the Tennessee Titans. They had uh, stupid penalties that gave points to the Tennessee Titans and Bradley Chubb. You had multiple possessions where it was goal to go and you're running the ball at 5.6 yards per carry yet. Mike McDaniel needs to go and McMadden mode and throw the ball to inexplicably Cedric Wilson Jr., who hasn't been off the bench in about three decades. Um, Just bad play calling, bad execution of those plays, a little bit of bad luck, bad injuries, bad game, Chris. Yeah, horrible game. Um, Not looking like a one seed, nine-win team, and then you watch Hard Knocks the next day, and you're seeing the lead up to this game, and it's like, oh, we're we're a different Dolphins team. You know, we got the talent. We know, like, what teams are coming after us. We know what we need to do. And then they go out and lay like this absolute egg is weird to watch uh, hindsight. 
of how yeah. the, the preparation leading up. Obviously, you can't count on all these injuries, but when you got Bradley yeah. Chubb, who's like having a really good season, like leader of your team, turn turn you know three points into seven with just a dumb, stupid play that like high school kids like shouldn't make. I mean, come on, it just it was a perfect recipe sam that's like a perfect analogy for it or word for it it was just a perfect recipe it was a terrible game on all sides of the ball like really right. other than zach sealer's pick six which was gift wrapped to him i mean we couldn't get to him the last two drives there's no pressure on will levis a rookie it just i don't know the only thing that would have made this worse the only thing and i was calling it mid-game is I, I was calling Ryan Tannehill was going to come off the bench and right. beat us. Uh, other yeah. than that, that's that didn't happen. The rest is just disaster. I, I anticipated since he's the holder now that he was going to be you know like in on some sort of fake field goal. And that's the thing we missed a field goal again because it got blocked. I mean, just poor execution up and down all the way around. Uh, they deserve to lose the game. I mean, I kudos they to did. the Titans for sticking in there, really not having much to play for, much to play with. I mean, Mike Vrabel, if you looked at him as he looked defeated before that game even started, he looked like he didn't care. Yet somehow uh, they got to the end of the game with more points than the Miami Dolphins and. You know, th to me, this is the worst loss of the season. It's worse than the oh, Buffalo yeah. Bills. It's certainly worse than the Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles. It happened to a bad team on national television on primetime. First time in six years that we've been <laughs> on Monday Night Football at home. And it's probably going to be another six because yeah, NFL's like, show. see, that's why. <laughs> yeah, this is why we don't do this. And it, it, it just, my, the saving grace, the, the silver lining, the gift, Chris, is that hopefully this does right the the wrongs right it kind of writes the ship where like wow anybody could beat us if we are not paying attention and the miami dolphins have a have a problem here uh, i think chris kaufman actually brought this up on twitter the two best games the miami dolphins have played this season were week three against the denver broncos obviously 70 to 20 and then the game two weeks ago against the washington commanders the two worst games that they've played were week four, the week directly after that Denver Broncos beat down and this game. They're reading their own press clippings. They're thinking they're undefeated and somehow invincible when they have these major, you know, really, really good showings. They got to figure out a way to be humbled other than losing embarrassingly like they did against the Buffalo Bills and now the Tennessee Titans, Chris. Yeah, and that's the thing that's kind of frustrating, though, when Mike McDaniel is that, uh, you know, this the same story last uh, last year. So you'd think that was the humbling, and uh, yep. it just it, you still had these question marks about beating good, good, uh, good teams. Um, you can't go out and lose uh, at home there when our destiny's on the line with the Chiefs losing. Um, we absolutely had an opportunity there to just like be a couple games uh, up on them, separate from the Bills even more. Now we have an AFC loss, and the Ravens won in a bullshit punt return in overtime to the Rams. They didn't help us out. It, the destiny's still there. We got to play the Ravens, got to play the Bills. But Sam, you got to be worried as a Dolphins fan with uh, the stories of us not beating a good team, and then we go out and shit the bed in December again. It's like the same, yep. same old, same old. Yeah, the ghosts of uh, Dolphins past rearing their ugly head again in December. But uh, the good thing about December there, Chris, is that all major sports are in action this week with college football playoffs ready to kick off. Bet Online is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info, including news for pro football, the NBA, upcoming fights, and NHL games this season. Head to the website today to get in on the action and see all the updated odds for the week. Remember to use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. And I don't really want to start talking about this game any more than we did, Chris. I mean, luckily, thankfully, uh, we gave ourselves a little bit of extra time to recover and lick our wounds from that Monday night 
you know, disaster that was the Miami Dolphins. And we do have to turn our attention, the team, the fans, the coaches, the media, to what's staring us in the face this weekend. It's a short week, Chris. It's an AFC East rival week against the New York Stupid Jets, who are coming off of probably their best victory of the season with Zach Wilson back under center. The guy that we played against a couple of weeks ago, he's not even on the team anymore, Chris, that starting quarterback. I can't even remember his name. Nobody can. Um, Zach Wilson, quarterback for the New York Jets. They are coming into Miami looking to play for what else? Knocking off the Miami Dolphins and making our life miserable. Uh, I hate the New York Jets, Chris. I know you hate the New York Jets. We all hate the New York Jets. Let's hate them together in list form. Let's talk about it, Chris. We hate the New York Jets. What is one reason why you hate the New York Jets yet again? Yeah, this is tough to do a second time because I, I kind of went off on the Jets the first time. Uh, if I repeat myself, good. That means I doubly hate those parts of the New York Jets. Um, I, I hate the chant, Sam. I hate the chant. It's it's uh, the epitome of a New Yorker. Uh, they all can be loud and in unison and supportive of a shitty franchise. And it just, it's 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 hilarious. It's like an Italian guy is like, hey, how you doing? Like, uh, I can spell jet. And you're like, cool. And he's like, I'm going to show you with all my friends here in the bar. You, you got it? Okay. This I'm going to tell you who I'm a fan of. Okay. You know how I'm going to do it. You guys ready? J-E-T. And it's just like, it's not it's it's on it's not on the level of who day and who that that shit is fucking terrible terrible it just like just so bad but just you're spelling the name you're spelling the team name we get it it's not something that like goes on forever like oh 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 and like hypes up the team or anything it's a fucking like just a forward chant and the best part about it sam the best part and what i love i know we're hating I love that we had the meme of them spelling it wrong. The fans, right. the jest, um, let's go jest. It, it's just the chant, man. I, I hate it so much. Yeah, I hate that chant. And I hate the fact that this game is in Miami and we're still going to hear that chant. I mean, I think to me, that's the thing I hate about it and why you bring it up now. If they're at your home game, if it's a MetLife takeover where Miami fans are showing up there and you hear it, fine. It's, it's You're in New Jersey. We're going to hear the Jets chant. But you're going to hear that this weekend. And that's because the Miami Dolphins have a problem. Even on Monday night, Chris, it was not sold out. They'll say it was sold out. It is absolutely not sold out. There's a lot of fans dressed as aquamarine seats if it's sold out. Um, on a primetime game for your first place Miami Dolphins in the AFC at the time. Uh, but Jet fans will be there. They will do that chant. And if the Jet fans have any, or if the Jets have any momentum in this game, if they do anything right, defensively, offensively, special teams, you're going to hear that chant over and over and over again, which leads me to what I hate, Chris. I hate that this series of games for the Miami Dolphins and the New York Jets throughout their entire existence is so evenly matched because the Jets are one of the doormats of the NFL in general, yet they play the Miami Dolphins like it's the Super Bowl every single time we play them, it seems like. Overall, Chris, the Miami Dolphins lead the series, but it's not as lopsided as you might think. 59. 56 and one tie we played that's how many times we played each other and it's almost a dead heat and it was a dead heat up until recently because mike mcdaniel has done a very good job against the jets in general same with brian flores prior to him but we need to win this win, win this game a to keep 
pace as much as we possibly can with those Chiefs and with those Baltimore Ravens. And B, we need to so we can actually get a little bit of separation away from these Jets. 60 wins versus their 56. At least you get a couple of seasons, Chris, where you can have bragging rights at least long term. But I hate how evenly matched these two franchises have been since 1966 and how well the Jets seem to play the Miami Dolphins every single time we play them. Yeah, well, I hate Zach Wilson. Um, and I hate it because, A, my son's name is Zach. So uh, just I hate hating someone with that name, but I do. Um, and I hate that he's coming off a really good game where he just kind of went out and said, what are they going to do, bench me? And, you know, he fucked around and had a really good game against Houston Texans. Sorry, dog barking. Uh, so, yeah, my son's getting home now, so the dogs are barking. I'm going to actually turn it over to you, buddy. Yeah, so the thing uh, to me um, about Zach Wilson, which is kind of hilarious, is that he's been much maligned. They went out and got Aaron Rodgers, and uh, they basically said, you're going to learn under Aaron Rodgers for a season or two. Aaron Rodgers takes one step onto MetLife Stadium turf, snaps his Achilles, and all of a sudden Zach Wilson is back out there as the starter. Um, this is a kid who was drafted really, really high in the NFL draft a couple of seasons ago, was said, you are the starter. You are now the guy in New York, uh, only to have the carpet ripped out from underneath him for Aaron Rodgers, which is acceptable. I get it. If you're Zach Wilson, you kind of have to take that medicine, uh, only to say, just kidding, you're right back in there. And then with no better options and not a really good offense around him, um, he stumbles, he falls, he, he doesn't do very well. They bench him again for a no-namer. I think they benched him for the bear on the Charmin toilet paper wrapping. I mean, like there was just no one there, but they somehow said that guy's better than you, Zach Wilson, only to come back to him after a couple of people, including Trevor Simeon, didn't work out and said, you know what, just kidding, it's you again. This kid has been start-stop since he, be he began. I feel bad for him in a way, but he played free last week because, A, reports are they're going to trade him at the end of this season. And B, he's got nothing to lose. That's a scary position to be in if you're the Miami Dolphins because your defense is down a bunch of starters. You've got defensive ends that are out. You've got middle linebackers that are out. You've got safeties and cornerbacks that are injured who may or may not play this week. And you've got a kid who right now is riding the highest of highs in the last couple of, of years since he's been in the league playing with talented wide receivers. I'm a little bit concerned if I'm the Miami Dolphins in the defense because this kid has nothing to lose, which means he's going to sling it. And if we're not ready, all of a sudden we're going to be looking up at the scoreboard going, oh, my God, we're down by two scores to the New York freaking Jets at home. What is happening? Yeah, here's the thing, and that can happen. It happened quickly against the Carolina Panthers. They're up 14-0, and guess what? They have Jets have a way better defense than the Carolina Panthers. So if that happens to us, and uh, Tyreek's not himself. He does not playing. Daniel has to have a, a plan in mind to get other guys involved that is not Cedric Wilson and maybe Waddle, Berrios, Craycraft, somebody, and just start tearing up the middle of that field um, because the Jets have a really good defense, and we're going to have to uh, get pressure on Zach Wilson, and he's going to be a lot different than that quarterback we played the first time uh, standing in the pocket there taking hits. He can move, yeah. and uh, it, we're going to have to get our hands on him like Chubb didn't against Levis and um, get him to the ground because if we don't pressure him and force mistakes – we're going to sit here and be like, are you fucking kidding me? Here we go again. You know, if Chubb had held on to uh, Will Levis the way he held on to his helmet when he slammed it down, uh, that would have been a sack and it wouldn't have been fourth and six. And we would have probably won that game. But even then, I'm still just flabbergasted that he didn't read the room enough to know and say, yes, I didn't get the sack, but we stopped them. It's fourth down. And all of a sudden, you know, we had nothing to do but, um, you know, make penalties happen. <laughs> it's just It blew my mind. 
Chris has to step away for just one second, ladies and gentlemen. So I'll just keep talking here. That this Jets team <clears throat> that the Miami Dolphins are playing, they have so many different, I guess, storylines for them to end the season. A is Aaron Rodgers going to suit back up before the end of the season? His his window is open. It does look like they're targeting next week for him to come back if he does, in fact, come back. Um, they have an assessment period here for all the other players and what it would look like if Aaron Rodgers does come back. He's not going to play in this game, I don't think. But they are playing for jobs next year. They are playing for jobs to be the coach. I mean, Robert Sala, if, if you aren't him and you're not panicking a little bit about, is my job on the line, he's doing it wrong. But the defense is very good for the New York Jets. Tua Tungavailoa, <clears throat> Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, this passing game, they have to do so much better. They have to be more creative than they have been in terms of getting the ball to those guys because the Tennessee Titans essentially played a shell, played a cover two, and wreaked havoc on this offensive line, which is severely beaten up to the point where Tyreek, or I'm sorry, Tua Tungavailoa, if he couldn't read to Tyreek Hill and he couldn't get the ball to Jalen Waddle, was panicking. He did not play well. He, he doesn't have the ability to just create on the fly. He can do it occasionally, uh, but he is a one or two read quarterback, and he's very, very good at it. That's not necessarily a knock, uh, but how you defend against Tua Tungabailoa is to have a strong pass rush and is to take away the best options he has, which is A, Tyreek Hill, and B, Jalen Waddle. You saw what happened to this offense when Tyreek Hill went out for essentially three quarters of this game. They could not pass the ball. They could not do anything other than turn around and give the ball to Raheem Mostert and let him run. I wish they'd done more of that against the Tennessee Titans because if they'd done more of that and they put more of that on tape, it would have actually helped them the rest of the season to say, look, this run game is legit. When Tyreek Hill wasn't in there, they were still running the ball. They were still moving the chains. I wish we'd done that in goal-to-go situations. I don't see why we should have ever thrown a ball to Cedric Wilson on a fade route. It's just not fair to Cedric Wilson. It's not fair to Tua Tungabailoa. It's not fair to this offense. Uh, you should have ran the ball on third down, first down, second down, third down. Um, you then do a very predictable fade to Tyreek Hill, same exact play that we've ran about 17 times this season to the point where the announcers were like, they're going on a fade to Tyreek. Didn't work, overthrown. Tyreek couldn't get there. Uh, he was jammed at the line, and you have to settle for three. So against these Jets, ladies and gentlemen, citizens of Perfectville, I really need to see the Miami Dolphins commit to the run. They have to have an option other than Tyreek or Jalen Waddell that's going to keep them honest on the on the defensive side of the ball. Your best bet right now, in my opinion, is Raheem Mostert, Devon Achan. And if you're in short yardage situations and you don't trust those two to get a yard or two, instead of throwing it, especially a backwards pass like a screen that doesn't really seem to be working anymore, you got to bring in Jeff Wilson. You got to give the ball to Alec Ingold. You got to go big. Get Durham Smythe back there on a motion and just let him crack down on a linebacker or defensive tackle or whoever's in front of him and get themselves one or two yards. You have to be able to do that. In particular, once you get to the playoffs, you have to be able to run the ball in short yardage situations. Look at what the Philadelphia Eagles are able to do. Say what you want about the tush push. Say what you will about if that's legal or not. Right now, currently, they are probably without even looking at them, statistically the best short yardage team in football. Why? Because they're able to convert. Whether it's Jalen Hurts or it's you know a running back back there that they, they shove across the line, Miami Dolphins have to figure that out. They cannot finesse their way to the Super Bowl. It's just not going to happen. And I'm not sure who said it, whether it was Colin Cowherd 
or uh, one of the other talking heads. I can't remember which one it was, but uh, it was a pretty good blast. And it was kind of hurtful, but it was true. He said the Miami Dolphins are essentially a spray tan. You know, they are the spray tan of the NFL. You know, it looks good on the surface, looks good for a little bit, but it's going to fade. It's not permanent. And that's what it's looking like right now for the Miami Dolphins here in 2024 or 2023, in fact. Um, I know Tua came out and said, don't panic. I know he said this is not the same old Dolphins, but they got to go out and prove it. They have to go out and say, no, not, not only can they say we're not the same old Dolphins, they have to go out there and show it. Because Mike McDaniel's record as the head coach of the Miami Dolphins in December, it's a short and small sample size. But it sure as hell looks like the same old Dolphins to me. I think he's 2-5 and five in December. They fade. The weather gets cold, and so does their offense. The weather gets cold, and their defense breaks. This is not what you need if you're the Miami Dolphins. You need to go into this part of your schedule against very good defenses. The Jets, make no mistake, mistake about it. Bad record, good defense. You've got the Dallas Cowboys, really good defense. You've got the Baltimore Ravens, really good defense. And the Buffalo Bills, motivated and a pretty decent defense. They had some injuries, but they're going to bring it in South Florida at the end of this season. You have four games where you have to prove that you can overcome good defenders, good defensive schemes, good defensive coaches. Because if you can't, you know, we're talking about them being 11 and six and maybe winning the division. I'm worried about them being nine and eight again. I'm worried about that collapse, the bottom just falling out and them dropping to the, no, not the basement of the AFC East, but to the bottom of what they could possibly be. A couple of weeks ago, you're looking at this team going, man, they're going to go 13 and three. They're going to be the number one seed. We're going to be in Miami up until Las Vegas Super Bowl week. I don't feel that way right now. That's how bad that loss was on Monday night. Now you got a short week. Now you have a slew of injuries. You're bringing in a center who hasn't played in the NFL this decade. Very good chance he's your starting center. <laughs> with Quinn and Williams on the other side, with the defense that the New York Jets have on the other side of the ball, your starting center, which is essentially now playoff football, you got to be playoff ready, is going to be a guy who has not played since, what, 2019? Okay. Sure. Why not? Let's just go ahead and run with that. I mean, I, the, 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 I don't know if it's arrogance. I don't know if it's bad luck. I don't know what it is. But the fact that you are signing a street-free agent, who apparently is in very good shape, all reports out of practice today were that he's just like quote unquote rocked up. And that's good. That's a good, it's better than him showing up looking like the Pillsbury Doughboy. But you have, you have to have a better contingency plan than a guy who hasn't played in four years. And that's going to be your starting center. That's the guy who you're going to give the ball to and make sure he gets it to Tua Tunga Vailoa and that they have enough chemistry between now and Sunday so that he can snap the ball to him, that we don't have fumbled hand you know, exchanges when he's under center or that he's not snapping it over his head the way Liam Eichenberg and Connor Williams were occasionally. I don't know, man. That, that scares the hell out of me. I do not feel confident going into this weekend against a New York Jets team that has nothing to lose and everything to gain against a Miami Dolphins team that looks like they're tightening up when they should be as loose as they possibly could. They've got injuries everywhere, and not just you know small injuries, significant injuries. Javon Holland has two sprained MCLs. So he's going to try to go. Xavier Howard has a hip injury yet again. Tyreek Hill has an ankle injury. He's going to go, but he's not going to be feeling great. Tua Tungavailoa is banged up. This whole offensive line is like a freaking infantry unit from World War II. Like it's just, it is beat up. It's not going well. 
and they're going to have to figure out a way to overcome. Now, thankfully, as good as the New York Jets defense has been, their offense has been equally bad. They had one good half against the Houston Texans team, which I think is overrated. They've had one good half of football offensively over the course of like the last five weeks. I don't know if that's a sign of things to come or if that's the outlier, if that's the anomaly. I'm hoping it's the anomaly. I hope this defense takes a look at what happened in the last three minutes of this game against the Tennessee Titans and goes, you know what? We should do a better job of covering wide receivers. I hope Vic Fangio looks at this and says, you know, as soon as they stopped giving pressure to the opposing quarterback and he had time, he was able to carve up this defense. So maybe dialing up pressure more strategically and more consistently is the way to go against a really bad New York Jets offensive line and a really bad New York Jets offense. I don't know. Just saying. I'm not smarter than Vic Fangio. I'm not smarter than Mike McDaniel. I'm just thinking, looking at it. As soon as we took our pedal or took our foot off the pedal, so as soon as we throttled down, once we got that 14-point lead, it all went to hell. It all went to hell. So, um, but yeah, I hate the New York Jets. I know Chris Cullen hates the New York Jets. We all hate the New York Jets. And we gave you the reasons why we hate the New York Jets this particular week as they travel down to South Florida on Sunday uh, to go up against the mighty Miami Dolphins of South Florida. Um, I don't know what else there is to say, guys. Let's uh, we can go through the drink game here, right? Let, let's let's do it. So if they show Miami's December win-loss record over the course of whatever time, you drink. If they show uh, Zach Wilson's Start benched, start benched timeline over this season. You take a drink. Uh, if they show uh, all the injuries that happened to the Miami Dolphins, or if they show the list of people that are out injured, you take a drink. I think that's a good one. If they show highlights of all the Jets Dolphins games over the last 20 to 30 years, you drink. If they show the playoff picture, the Miami Dolphins, and what they need to be the number one seed, you drink. If they show Aaron Rodgers more than four times on the sideline, you drink. Well, that's going to do it for here uh, for us here at the town of Perfectville. Uh, Chris had to go save the planet. Superhero Chris will add that to his resume. Two-time Hall of Famer, doctor, superhero. Um, but on behalf of the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer, as well as myself, all of Believe brought to you by betonline.ag. The only thing left to say is goodbye from Perfectville. Later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.